Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99 This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. And of course, that means, you know, we're now in the fall. We're full. It's fall. Of course, it's really hot out here in Southern California today, like in the low 90s. So it doesn't feel like fall. Uh, and it, you know, September is one of the warmest months in Southern California. Not August, September. August can be warm, is, is warm too, but September can be just as warm or warmer. Anyways, uh, you're listening to Invest Talk. My name is Steve Peasley. I do appreciate you being with me. We always start the show with the same mission statement independent thinking and shared success. And I always tell you that we, I do this because I want to assure you that I will give you all the, Justin and I will give you all the information at our fingertips to answer your questions clearly and concisely as possible. And try to remember, we are looking up things very fast. So we don't have a lot of time to analyze the company other than the data that we have in front of us. But we do give you proper data, accurate data that we have. And we will continue to do that. And again, I'm Steve Peasley. Your financial questions are welcome. Anything financial, anything money-related, I'll talk about insurance, anything like that. IRAs, 401ks, any questions you have along those lines, I'm here. You can call me and ask those kinds of questions. Okay. And if you never called, why not do it now? You can call. There is no question too simple, as I said yesterday. It's, you know, everybody, any question you ask, other people are going to want to know the answer. So please, go ahead and call. Ask. So we're going to go right to our first question. Remember, we're live every day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Our phone number is 888-99-CHART. So let's get right to the first listener line question. Hey, Steve. My name's Tom. Just to touch up on your uh, Friday podcast about the cryptocurrency, what do you think about the government actually getting into a cryptocurrency? Just want to get your input on on that. I don't know if they're going to maybe invest or get their own, potentially create their own or get into one that's already been created. What are your thoughts on that? Thanks, man. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I, I really think they're going to create their own. I think they're going to come up with their own cryptocurrency at some point. And then they're going to call that the official currency of the United States besides the dollar. And they'll probably call it the dollar cryptocurrency, I mean. And that that's one of the ways they're going to destroy all the other cryptocurrencies if they don't out and out outlaw them. Okay, and I can see them doing that too. I really can. Um, remember, the government, one of the main tools they have to control what's going on in the economy is control of the currency. They're not going to let that current control just dissipate to other cryptocurrencies, to cryptocurrencies in general. And I know cryptocurrency is going to become more popular. I know that. I don't have any doubt of that. But they're not going to let that just get out of their control because then they have no way to rein in excess printing of money because you can print more cryptocurrencies, you know, more and more and more and more, or how to tighten or shrink. And they, Now, the good thing about cryptocurrencies is the government has no control. See, there's an opposite to that, right? That means they can't inflate it like they inflate our dollars, making our money worth less all the time. So, I again, I'm not an expert enough in this field, but I cannot imagine any way that the government is going to let cryptocurrency take over any significant part of uh, the financial system in any way. Can't. They just can't. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story behind the question, what are the options for reducing the sequence of return risk? 
What's the sequence of returns? What does that mean? So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's going to be our focus point. I got other things I want to talk about. Did you see the existing house sales numbers this morning? We'll discuss that quickly. The FOMC meeting statement after the Federal Reserve meetings, they let, right, released a statement, and the market immediately moved up. We'll talk about what they said. Noriel Rubini, you know who that guy is? Well, he foresaw the 2008 crash, okay? He's calling for another one, another financial collapse. So let's, we'll talk about what he said. He, he is sometimes known as Dr. Doom, okay? So it's pretty, he's always pretty negative. But I, I, hey, I like to give all opinions. I do. Um, and how much does it require to be in the top 1% of income in the United States? What's required for you to be there? How do you get there? How much money you got to make? And how much taxes do they pay, really? You know, you can listen to all the hype, uh, you know, from the left and the right. The left say the rich don't pay any taxes or enough taxes. The right says we pay way too much. Well, let's, let's, I don't care which side of the coin you are. Let's actually get the facts. And I have the facts here at my fingertips produced by the IRS. Okay? So that's what I'm going to discuss Okay, the market was up 338 points on the Dow, 150 points on the NASDAQ, and 42 points on the S&P 500. So it was an overall pretty good day. We made up a lot or all of the downturns. I haven't looked at a – let me pull up a a chart and see if we made up all the losses that we had from our Chinese builder debacle thing that happened early on in the week. Uh, not quite. No, nope, they make it all up. Not on the Qs. Let's look at the, the, the diamonds, which is the, the Dow Jones 30. Nope. So doesn't look like getting close, but not there yet. Maybe well, the next couple of days, maybe it'll happen. Oh. Okay. Uh, so what do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? Uh, you know, interesting in the existing home sales was up to 5.88 million units. They expected 5.87. And last month, this is for August, last month of July it was 6 million. But I don't think that weakness had anything to do with a lack of demand. I think it had more to do with a lack of supply, even though I think supply is finally starting to just a little bit ease, ease up a little bit, which would be good. Okay? Which would be good for you the homeowner buyer, person who's trying to find a home. Pretty hard these last few months because everybody's outbidding everybody else and causing the prices to skyrocket. I think we're going to see some of the weakness. I do think the housing market is still going to remain healthy. I don't think it's a bubble. I mentioned that yesterday too, I think. 888 charts. I already gave you the market, uh, how it went. Uh, again, the Dow was up 338, NASDAQ 150, and SP 42. So I already gave you that. So we'll see what it, if it will continue tomorrow. Okay. Is it going to continue tomorrow? Uh, you know, probably, I'm going to, you know, if I was to guess, I would say probably not. I don't think it's going to be bad, but I just don't think it's going to continue up. So give me a call. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, everybody. We're headed for a break, but I'm here ready for your questions. Anything financial. You want to talk about anything financial, I'll talk about it. Okay? Again, 888-992-4278. No two investors have an identical portfolio. So each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time 
the Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, so get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. And by the way, I will have a trivia question halfway through the show like I normally do, and it'll be about job trends going forward. What will be the growth areas? That's a trivia question coming up at the halfway mark of the program and podcast. Now, we have a voicemail. Hey, guys. This is Teddy from Virginia. Hey, I'm uh, trying to teach my seven-year-old son about compound interest. So uh, he's got about $100 in his bank account. He broke it out over the weekend. I got about $70 for him to invest. So I wanted to uh, invest them into a monthly dividend pair. I was looking at Agree Realty, A-D-C, just because they have, like, McDonald's and stuff that he would enjoy to look at, you know, he's into. And, you know, being a monthly dividend payer, get him active, seeing how the numbers work a little bit and showing him that, you know, he takes a little bit of his cash, but he invests the other part. And, you know, let him look at it over the months and maybe by the time he's 9 or 10 when he starts to understand and show how, you know, you can kind of grow a little bit of money with the money that you have. I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys don't mind uh, helping me out, I'd be uh, very grateful. Thank you. Have a good day. Well, that's one of the ways I try to get young people, very young people interested is buy a company and something they really like. Like maybe he likes movies and Disney and Disney produces the Marvel movies and say, we like that Marvel movie. Well, it makes a lot of money in Disney Corporation and the Disney, they have the parks that they make money and they make movies or a video game. One of the big, huge video game player uh, companies. Do you, as a child, like to play video games? Do you like to play X, what, Y, Z video game? Well, here's the company that owns it. They make more other games, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's a very good way to get them started. And a very simple uh, way to teach compound interest is you ask the seven-year-old, okay, if you take a penny, one penny, and you double it every day, so the next day you will have two pennies, and the next day you have four pennies, and the next day you have eight pennies, how many pennies do you think you'll have by the end of the month? 30 days. And they always will say... Oh, I think I'll have a thousand pennies. Well, it'd be so much more than that. It's way mind blowing how much there will be. Okay, play that game. Take a dollar, everybody, and double it every day for 30 days and see how many millions of dollars you're going to have. That's compounding interest. Of course, it's on a much smaller scale when you only get 2%. You don't get to double the money, you know, <laughs> or 1%. <laughs> but it does teach the lesson of compound interest. That's the point. My focus point today concerns a story. What are the options for reducing the sequence of returns? The risk of sequence. This is what we're talking about here. Is that, let's say you retire and you're in the stock market. You're happy that you're in the stock market and you have a big pullback just as you retire in the stock market. And all of a sudden, the money you thought you had, you don't have anymore. Remember, the COVID pullback was 37%. The 2008 pullback was 50% in a very short period of time. What if that happens right when you retire and you're starting to take money out? How can you protect yourself against that? Well, there's several ways, okay? The first is to simply plan to spend more conservatively. I, t I, do, I talk to clients all the time about this. Plan to spend. Look, if you have a portfolio that's producing 4% dividends and interests on bonds, then spend 4%. Don't spend 5, 6, 7, 8. Spend what you earn. So you got to get a big enough nest egg to have a comfortable retirement, you know, in that. Therefore, if the market goes down, 
or you know, bond yields go up, down, doesn't matter if you're making the same yield and dividend yield and bond yield, you're spending that income, you'll still get it, even though the value of your assets might go down. You can also reduce the risk of your portfolio. That's pretty simple to do. You can pick low stock uh, beta companies that don't go up and down with the market but pay good dividends. You can do that. You can buy bonds. You don't have to be in stocks. You can buy, you know, we have a program where it's half and half for this very reason. Okay. Um, You can also uh, reduce your volatility strategically. um, And you can also increase your income using different types of investments to support you, like property, right? Rental property, I'm talking. There's different ways to do it. This is Best Talk, everybody. I thank you for downloading our podcast. I appreciate it. The phone lines are open right now. Yes, we have several phone lines. So call me, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Would you recommend to put all my funds right away in the market or you recommend dollar cost average? Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Alan from Hayward, California, and I love the show. I always learn a lot listening to you guys. Uh, My question is, is there a website where I can see if a specific institution is selling their shares of a company I'm invested in? Also, what does it tell you when you see an institution selling their shares in a company you're invested in? Thank you. Bye. Okay, well, just to let you know, institutions hide when they try to sell their shares. Because they're remember, they usually have to sell a lot, and they don't. They want to affect the price as little as possible. They don't want to drive the price down. Because if somebody knows the institution is selling, or several institutions are selling a company, they're you know they're going to try to bail out before the company sells all their shares. So, you know, there is no place that I know that you can get accurate information about institutions selling their shares in a timely fashion. Now, you can get information about how much institutions holds of the company, and that number changes. So if it goes down, you know they're selling, but you don't really know that in real time. And they can't help you that way. For instance, Apple, there's 27% of the shares outstanding are owned by institutions. Okay, well, next month that could be 26. I mean, 1% of the sold 1% of the stocks, the institutions did. So you know that kind of information, but it really doesn't help you. So the answer is really no. What it does mean is if institutions are selling, somebody at the institution is saying, we don't want to own this stock anymore. And it could be from a variety of reasons. Sometimes they're just rebalancing. But many times they're getting out of position, they want to reposition somewhere else, and they just don't, and maybe the price of the stock has met their target price, they're done, uh, they don't think, they think they have opportunity somewhere else. So you really can't gleam a lot of information of them selling and buying, because you just can't get the information, all the information you're going to want, in a timely manner. Good question, though. Good thinking. Just can't help you. Okay. Okay, the national, um, no, no, I'm sorry, uh, Noreno Barobini, who sold, foresaw the 2008 crash, does she is no, he's uh, called Mr. Dr. Doom often. Uh, he's calling for another financial cla- collapse like the 2008 collapse. He's calling it a debt, a debt trap. Okay, now what happened in 2008? Well, it was a trap, a uh, real estate bubble that popped Okay, this one's about debt, a debt trap. 
Uh, and he will. He says it's going to happen. The central banks try to return to normal or, you know, uh, conventional uh, 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 money supply, monetary policy. When they try to get back to normalcy. Okay, and if they do that, he sees higher inflation, collapse in the stock market, collapse in the economy. Now. That's why the Federal Reserve, who met today, are very, very careful and will continue to be so on what they say and what they do. They're going to try to ease very slowly out of this non-conventional money supply issue they've gotten themselves into and we've been in for the last five, ten years. Five or ten years, ten years, people. Unusual excess money supply which has caused, look at Apple. Apple has debt. Why would Apple ever had debt? They make so much money, and they have so much cash sitting on sidelines. So why would they have debt? This was asked by one of my, one of my guys today. Why, why would they carry so much debt? Uh, it's pretty simple, pretty simple. You can borrow money at 2%, or you can bring back that money to the United States to, to enable you to pay a dividend, you can bring that money back here and be taxed on it, income tax, or you can borrow money at 2%. What's your income tax level? A heck of a lot higher than 2%. So why not just borrow the money at 2%, pay that out in the uh, dividend? It's only what you owe money. It's, a, it's very low debt, very low cost of debt. And that's not just Apple. That's a lot of companies doing that kind of tricky stuff, borrowing money. So what happens when uh, interest rates go up? What happens? What happens to all those bond values that are out there, very low interest rates or yields? What happens to the value of those bonds when interest rates go up? The value goes down of those bonds. No one's going to want to buy a 2% yielding bond when they can buy a 3% new one today. So all those bonds that that people are holding on to become worth less and less and less Therefore, their balance sheet's going to show a reduction of assets. Anyway, it gets complex, but that's, yeah. Then what if they leverage that? Well, that's a whole nother problem. <laughs> okay, maybe you're, you're a parent paying for your son or daughter to go to college and you pay for the education. Or perhaps you have a high school, to, high school student who prefers to skip college and get right into the job market. Either way, you should make sure that your student is on a career path with a solid financial future. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name what are expected to be some of the fastest growing job areas of the next decade? How much money might they pay? After break, I will supply you with the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Just wondering what your thoughts are on all the Robinhood trading and the, the Red Hat boards. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers. Whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, 
Why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, before the break, I gave you a little trivia question. Can you name what are expected to be some of the fastest-growing job areas of the next decade, and how much do they pay? Okay, so while U.S. Un U.S. employment will experience stunted growth over the next 10 years, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that certain jobs will be soaring in demand. So what are they? Here are the fastest-growing ones. Physician's assistant, that growth rate of that job is 31%. The median pay, $115,000. How about information security analysts? Now, I don't know what that requires, but the growth rate there is 33%. 
and the median pay is 103000 Wind turbine service technician, you know those big wind turbines you see spinning or occasionally spinning because they don't seem to work all that great here in Southern California. But anyway, to service those things, okay, that job growth area is 68%, but the median pay, the median pay for that is only $56,000. Okay, how about a statistician? 35% growth rate? Ninety-two thousand two hundred seventy. I would have trouble being a statistician. That to me does not seem something I could do. Can't just work with numbers like that. Just plain old numbers. I work with numbers a lot, but not just plain old stats. You know, gotta analyze the stats. That's what I like. Okay, how about health service manager? Health services manager. The growth rate of that industry, that job growth is thirty-two percent. Pays one hundred four thousand dollars. So when you have your kid going to college. Tell them, you know, don't take history or, you know, stuff that he's not going to be able to use. Gear the education to something that will be useful. Too many kids go to college and get these degrees that are worthless and no one wants them. Why go to college at all? If you're going to get a degree that you can't use and it doesn't apply to a job someday out there, Go to go to different go learn the skill that you need to use. You're going to use. Our Invest Off Voice Bank never closes. You can leave your question anytime you want. Day or night, 888-99 chart is the number. So let's play let's go ahead and do another listener line call. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Jade from Washington. I have a question on real estate investing versus stock market investing, and I was hoping to get your take on which might be preferable. I was reading something the other day that said that the stock market has outperformed real estate historically. It did make me think about or wonder why people may invest in real estate over the stock market if that's the case. So I was just wondering if you would agree with that statement that the stock market historically has outperformed real estate. And if so, why might there be a case for investing in both? I'd love to hear your answer and I will be listening for it on the show. Thank you. Okay, that by far the stock market has been the best investment of any asset class in the United States. I'm talking about bonds and real estate. Real estate, but the, you got to understand, stock market investing is volatile, and that's why it worries a lot of people. There's a lot of risk in the stock market. But over long periods of time, it has done the best. I am a proponent of doing both. I used to have six or seven rental properties. I sold them all in 2006, about a year, year and a half before the real estate market popped. Remember the bubble popped. And I haven't had real estate other than, you know, uh, REITs, which is, you know, part of the stock market. But I I like having both asset classes to grow your wealth. What's good about real estate is it's slow and consistent. And I like, if you rent, have rental properties, the renters, I like that they pay the mortgage. You don't. They, and the rents pay the mortgage. So your value, the value of real estate, your investment goes up all the time over a long period of time. Now, real estate is also a very long-term investment. Long-term, you can't get in and out. You can't, it's hard to liquidate it. You got to pay commissions and just sell it. So there's those kinds of costs you got to think about. And the cost of renters, you know, the hassle. You got to deal with that. And I've dealt with that for many years, and that's no fun. But I do like the, uh, I do like the diversification of your assets into both areas. 888 chart, 888 Okay. How much does it require to be in the top 1% of the income? level in the United States. Okay, yeah, you hear about the talking about, oh, top 1%. They don't pay enough taxes. Or top 1%. They pay too much taxes. They pay most of the taxes. Well, what are the real facts? I mean, without getting political about it, what are the facts, okay? Well, to become, be in the top 1% of income uh, as an income producer for you, you know, your income, you have to make about 510 thousand dollars a year in income five hundred and ten thousand this is from the irs database and much of that will be coming from 
dividends and bond yields, okay? And just so you know, the top 1% pay $615 billion in taxes annually, and that's what they pay, or put it a different way, that $615 billion equates to 40% of all federal income taxes. So the top 1% pay 40% of the income taxes. So you know. The bottom half of the income producers out there, the bottom half, just the working guys out there, working guys and gals, the bottom half pay only 3% of the income taxes in the United States. Three. So to be honest, when they say, well, we need to tax the rich more because they're not paying their fair share, that's hard to swallow when the only place you you, can... you don't tax the poor. They only pay 3%. So you can tell them the top 1% to pay more. And, of course, they always governments always want more. But just realize that the top 1% pay 40% of the income taxes in the United States. So what do you want them to pay? And the bottom half of the income workers only pay 3 So when they talk about, well, that's a tax break for the rich, well, you can't give much of a tax break for the poor because they don't pay taxes. They pay very little taxes. So just those are the facts. I, you know, I'm trying not to be political here. I'm just trying to relate the facts So, and for you to put it in context when you hear both sides fight over it. You know, just put it in context. They don't. Neither side does. They always want to, you know, politicize it. Okay, so let's move, keep moving. Let's pivot to another voice, voice talk, voice bank question. Here it came Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. This is Paul in Alabama. I was calling you about Intuitive Surgical ISRG. I have a small position in it. I've been waiting for a pullback to buy some more. It's definitely pulled back, but I'd like your input as far as the uh, technical on the chart. Is this a good time to buy, or do you think it's going to drop further? Just always have a hard time. I always say I'm going to buy on a pullback, and whenever it happens, I always kind of second-guess myself. So any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. Yeah, intuitive surgical is symbol ISRG is one of those companies that's very difficult to buy because it doesn't pull back very often. Uh, it has been moving up for some time, and it's overpriced. It has been overpriced for quite the lowest PE range in the last five years was 27. The highest is 81. And what is it now? 74. So it's not cheap. It's expensive still. It's always expensive. Always has been. Recent growth rate in the most recent quarter was 72%. Quarter before that was 18. Quarter before that was four. In the COVID quarters, it was shrinking a little bit. But you know, it's a $1,028 stock going to make $16.37 next year. It makes more money pretty much every year except for the 2020 year. It did not. Every year before that and after that, so far, it's made more money. So it's had a little tiny pullback here. I mean, if you want to be, it was got up to $1,087 and one penny at its high. And it's at 1028 It would be nice to be able to buy this stock about 925 or so. There seems to be a lot of support in that area. Will it ever get back there? I don't know. Now, to to get over your paralysis by analysis, right, because you seem to can't pull the trigger, my suggestion would be it's in a little pullback, buy half a position right here. So now you're in it. Whether it goes down or up, at least you're in it. You know, and it's been consistently moving up over the years. So then you can wait for the real pullback that would give you the opportunity to buy the other half. And as I said, I think that's around 925, 926, okay, which is about 100 points down from where it is now, which is about 10%, okay, just so you know. Good question. Because there's a lot of people that, you know, Look, keep looking and keep looking and keep looking at a stock and it just goes up and they don't. When it does pull back like this, one had a nice pullback during the COVID. Why did you buy it then? Right? Everything had a pullback in COVID. Why did you buy it then? Why? Because you're scared. Fear and greed. Why did you buy it now? Because you're scared. You fear that you already missed it and it's already run up and, you know, you'll lose money. You're afraid. 
You can't do that. You can't let fear or greed control you. Can't, 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 can't. It's hard to overcome sometimes, though. I'll tell you that. Okay, uh, you know, we always talk about the, our company at some time during this hour, KPP Financial. Uh, we are in Orange County, California, between LA and San Diego counties, uh, right on the coast. I'm, right, I'm in San Juan Capistrano. I'm broadcasting right from uh, San Juan Capistrano, my house. I am in, in my den. Uh, but that's where we are. Our offices are Irvine, California. Um, we practice what we preach. We put our money where our mouth is. We call it parallel investing. We buy the same thing for our clients as we do for ourselves, the same percentage, same uh, stocks. We spy and sell the same. So our performance matches our clients. We try to be very strict about that. Besides the SEC, when they audit us, we'll be very, have been and will continue to be very strict about that. Uh, I encourage you to take advantage of our free offer to take a look at your portfolio, give you a free portfolio assessment. We'll talk about the risk of that portfolio. Uh, and we try to determine how much risk you're comfortable with. We have different software to help us with that. Pretty simple stuff. Um, so if you want us to take a look at that uh, via telephone, Skype, or Google, go to meetings, wherever, we can do all that. If you want to send us send us a message through investtalk.com. Send me it comes an email directly to Justin and myself. Or you can call our KPP Financial Office at Irvine, California font. We will return your call. We promise. I think you'll find after speaking with us for a few minutes, you'll understand we are a little bit different. We try not to push anybody. We do not push people into anything. That's not what we do. We just provide information and try to help you make the best decisions for yourself. We want to help you. We'll help you. But you got to make the call. This is Invest Talk. Justin Klein and I thank you for downloading Power Podcasts. And we thank you for telling your friends and family about it. We really appreciate that. 888 99 is our number. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve Justin. This is Brandon in Washington, D.C. Just had a quick question. Am I too late to get out of um, my mutual fund, H-E-M-Z-X? I'll look forward to listening on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, ATM uh, ZX is Virtuous Von Tobel Emerging Markets Fund. So you want to get out of your Emerging Markets Fund. It's fallen from 14 down to 12 or so, 11.96, um, in the last month or two. Um, let me see. Maybe it's been longer. Um, uh, started in February, actually. Started to fall. Is it too late? Well, it's never too late to get out of a fund. It's a mutual fund. You can get out. Um, do I think you should get out? Well, as long as it's a small portion of your portfolio, there's nothing wrong with having emerging market exposure. Now, the problem we have is China. China influences emerging markets quite a bit. And I'm very concerned about their economy and their market. Remember, we've had years and years and years and years of China just taking off, right? At some point, the you know, we talked about a debt bomb here in the United States. Well, it's a debt nuclear bomb in China, you know, that's going to affect their economy. And I don't know when they're going to address it. They seem to want to start start thinking about addressing it. And that's going to hurt other emerging markets in the area. But not all emerging markets around the world, but it will have an effect. So I get out now if you want to get out of it. Just get out. Don't Don't analyze it. Don't. You know, maybe you'll get out a good time, maybe you won't. But then you got to reposition the money to something that you think will work. So, 
This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. 888 99 Chart. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. Uh, I think there's likely a pullback here. 888 99 Chart. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, it's Zach calling from Ohio. Had a quick question on fees for services. Right now, I'm doing a program where I'm paying a, a little over 1% fee um, each year, and it's not just on the gains, but it's on the entire portfolio, so just money that I contribute. Um, I was kind of thinking that over the long haul, this might be a good way to lose, lose a little bit of money, but I wanted to get your thoughts on whether you thought it was worth it or if you think I should uh, back out. Looking for your answer on the call, and uh, thanks for what you guys do. Bye. Okay, that's about normal, Okay. For registered investment advisors, our fee runs from, for an annual basis, runs from 0.75% per year, so three-quarters of 1%, to 1.6%, depending on which program and how risky it is. The more risky the program, the higher it costs. And the less money you give to the money manager, the higher your cost. So the more money you give, the less your fees. If it's over a million dollars, it should be 1% or less. Okay, uh, so there should be no other costs, by the way. And you got to be real careful because a lot of money managers out there will buy you mutual funds or ETFs in which they get a backdoor fee. They charge you a fee and they get another fee. Nothing illegal about it. And, of course, they, ex- they will tell you about it in the fine print of the documents you sent. Now, we only charge the fee, we only get paid the fee we charge. That's it, nothing else. And many managers, that's how they operate. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me saying that a lot of them do this, but there's those who get paid by the mutual funds, either 12B1 fees, these are all little fees that they get through the back door, 12B1 fees are the ones I, I have the most problem with. And sometimes, you know, they'll send you, sell you mutual funds with A shares, B shares. Those are commissioned mutual funds when you don't need to buy any commissioned mutual funds. There's plenty of non-commissioned mutual funds. So if you're, the guy should be, if you're charging you 1%, he should be managing individual stocks and making no other feeds of any kind. So if he's buying ETFs, just index ETFs, you're wasting your money because he's not doing anything for you. It's not working. But 1% is pretty typical out there, okay? So thanks for the call. For a million dollars or more, it's plenty, and it should be, if it's over a million dollars, it'll probably go down. It should be lower, okay? Uh, Good question, though. Very good question. Okay, the FOMC meeting was today. What does that stand for? The Federal Reserve Open Market Committee, FOMC. You'll see that all written all over FOMC meeting, and you know, you know you may not know what it means, but it means Federal Reserve Open Market Committee. That means the nine out of the twelve Federal Reserve districts in the United States, nine of those districts voted on what to do with the money. So they raise rates, do stuff, do whatever they want to do. They had the meeting, and then Chairman Powell, the Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, usually gives you a statement afterwards. His statement came out as soon as after he spoke, the market went up today. What did he say? He said that there may be tapering of the bond buying program. They're buying $80 billion or so a month by November. They might start slowing down, but they're not going to raise interest rates till probably 2022. Maybe not even then. Okay. That maybe not even then was me, not them. <laughs> but he said they probably will raise rates, or they're looking at raising rates in 2022. Market like that, because that means everything stays the same for the time being. And they had the rally right after he spoke. Well, it was already going up. 
but not very fast. But after he spoke, it jumped up. And that's why the market was up, what, 338 points for the Dow, 150 on the NASDAQ, 42 points for the S&P 500. And we haven't made quite up the total downstroke um, from the Chinese uh, builder that came out with $305 billion of debt, and the Chinese government said they have to stabilize that, and that scared everybody. So we haven't made that up. Remember, the markets is kind of on a downward trend, but nothing major. But it is moving downward. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. And to give you an idea of the scope, I, we mentioned before, we probably should stop mentioning this. We're in 50 states, and we're all over the world, and 50, 60 countries everywhere around the world. If you want to get your free downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, and that's where you can go. You can get it for free. And if you get it from iTunes, you can rate us. I don't know about the other ones, but I know iTunes, you can rate us, and we would appreciate that. You know, go in there and rate us and what you tell us what you think. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial.